a national evangelist. He's what we call an evangelist throughout our movement. And so he was known as a national evangelist. But the other day when he went over to Paris, he became global. And so now Brother Michael Worbington is global. His first name is Micah, so you know he was born to preach. Do you all know Micah was in the Bible? Uh, <laughs> okay. So his name is Evangelist Michael Worbington, and he's going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to us today. I'm excited to hear from him, and I want you to welcome him by the putting your hands together and welcome Brother Micah Worbington to the pulpit. Come on, brother, and preach to us. Oh, can we love the Lord one more time? Can we lift up our voices? Unto him, out of the fruit of our lips, can we make his praise glorious in this place? Blessed be the name of the Lord. We worship you. seated. Uh, I am excited to be here today. It's, it's wonderful to be with my friends, um, the Wyatt family. It's, it's been a long time coming. I've been waiting for the day that I call him Pastor Wyatt and, and from the day that I first set foot in New Jersey District. And um, I don't care what we call the district. I'm still going to call it New Jersey District. <laughs> they can vote whatever they want to. I'm still just going to call it New Jersey District. So I call it whatever I want to if I want to. I'm a grown man. So uh, it, it is good to be here. And I love this Christ-centered church. Well, I, I love that. Um, if Christ is not the center of your life, then your life is built upon the wrong thing. And uh, we need a firm foundation. And it's always, it's always good to know that he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. I have come to... To minister a word today, if I can, um, not necessarily impress you with any type of uh, preaching skill or ability, because that I think I lack uh, much. But um, I do want to take your attention to Second Samuel chapter fifteen. Second Samuel chapter fifteen. And I enjoyed that worship. I, I enjoyed the spirit that I, I felt here. Um, I'm going to continue to to work in that and move in that. And uh, just pray that uh, what the Lord has put on my heart goes exactly to where it needs to be. Second Samuel chapter 15. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early, and he stood beside the way of the gate, and it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for a judgment, then Absalom called to him, and he said, Of what city art thou? He said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good, and they are right. But there is no man deputed of the king to hear you. And Absalom said, moreover, oh, that I were made a judge in the land, that every man which had any suit or cause might come to me, I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh unto him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand 
he took him and he kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Verse 13 of the same book, it says, And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are turned after Absalom. You know, and, you know, I I know it's kind of obvious to, to preach a message like this and title it, The Heart Thief. Or the stealer of the hearts. But I, I want to go right after the jugular today. If that's alright. And I want to preach to you this from this subject. The dude is a liar. The dude is a liar. It don't get no more blunt than that. So why don't we one more time close our eyes, lift up our hearts and our voices to the Lord for the remainder of the service. Come on, let me hear you pray, Lord. be seated. We've always talked about, as I have grown up in church, being in the presence of the Lord, being in the presence of the King. I remember growing up singing songs such as, you are standing on holy ground and in the presence of Jehovah. We know that David writes many times about how amiable are the courts of the Lord and how my heart pants after you as the deer pants after the water brook. There is Nothing like being in the presence of God. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. And at His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The Bible tells us to enter into His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name, for ye are His people and the sheep of His pasture. But many times, we have a hard time getting past the gates. We have been deceived many times by feeling that we weren't going to get what it was that we were seeking for. Because regardless of what we hope for, there is an enemy at the gate. 
We have always faced doubt. We have always faced worry. We've asked questions. Does he care? Does he hear me? Is he able? Even the Bible tells us that that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. The enemy decides many times and desires many times to cause that seed of doubt to rise in our heart. To take God off of the throne in our life. To take power and authority from his ability to work and, and to heal and to give peace and the joy that we desire. And we long to come into the gates of the Lord, but getting to the gates so many times seems to be the problem because there is a liar at the gate. Who is this liar? He is the father of all lies. The Bible tells us in the book of John chapter 8 that in him is no truth. And when he speaks, he speaks of himself because he is the liar and the father of all lies. And when he speaks, he only speaks of himself because all that he knows is this. He's good at what he does. He's been doing it for a long time. Even long before Eve would even be deceived by the cunningness when he would ask of her. He said, would you really die if you ate of the tree? But no, your eyes would be open and you would be like God. What lies he spins in order for you to be deceived. In order for you to miss out for what it is that the king has in store for you. And the blessings that he has for you. The healing that he has for you. For you, the salvation that he has for you, the peace that he has for you, the joy that he has for you, the answers that you came seeking today. He has those for you, but do not let the liar deceive you. You know, I, I heard it preached a long time ago when I was a kid. I want him to lie to me because when I know that I feel that I can't do something, that I know that the Lord can do it because the Bible tells us that we can do all things through Christ. Greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. It's been preached your entire life, uh, but somehow the liar at the gate has a way to deceive unlike any other. Who was this Absalom? He was the oldest of David's sons. And he had been brought back into the kingdom for a, for a time because, you see, Absalom was beautiful to look at. The Bible tells us in Second Samuel chapter 14 that there was none to be praised as Absalom because there was no blemish in him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. You see, we know that at one point David had a ruddy countenance, but we also find out that David's countenance was fair. You see, he had a likeness of his father. But there is something very deceptive about this man named Absalom. He was good to look at, but the man had no character. He had no integrity. There was no goodliness inside of him. It may have been good to look at, but what was on the inside was deceptive. It was evil. It was dirty. It was rotten. It was hell-bent on causing destruction. You see, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians that even Satan has the appearance of light. He makes things look good. He makes things sound good. He makes things seem like he's on your side and like it's okay this way. But don't you know that he has come but to steal, to kill, 
and to destroy. He hasn't come to bring hope to you. He hasn't come to bring help to you. He hasn't come to make things easier for you. He has come to deceive you with one thing in mind. If I can keep her from getting to the king, if I can keep him from getting to the one that has the power and the authority, then I have done my job. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that he had lungs of brass and how beautiful Lucifer was. But even in the presence of God, he could not be saved. He was evil. And he was made in the likeness of God. Who do you think created the angels? Who do you think gave them the purpose You see, Absalom had a likeness of his father. But there were some things that separated him from his father. He was not his father. He didn't have the anointing of his father. And he did not have the authority of his father. See, Absalom was a murderer. You know, he was a man that he... He could harbor thoughts and, and imaginations and vainness for, for months and years on end. His, his sister was, was raped by his stepbrother. And he thought in his heart because the Bible says that Amnon had a friend that convinced him to do this treacherous thing. Absalom was very angry. He, he took care of his sister after all of these wrongs were done to her. But in his heart, he knew when I get the chance... I'm going to kill that man. And he let it harbor. And he let it fester until everybody thought everything was okay. But when the moment was right. And when the time had passed. And everybody thought there was peace between Absalom and Amnon. He comes to his father and he says, can I just invite him over? Can I, can I get him around me for a little bit? We're gonna, gonna go have men's fellowship and, and I, I'm just gonna tell him how much I love him. I'm, I'm, we're gonna wait till, I'm, I almost got fleshly there for a second. I, I almost said something about a minister's fellowship, but I, we're gonna wait till everything's right. And when the moment comes, He's a dead man. And when he did it, he deceived David, his father. And he was kicked out of the kingdom. He ran for his life. He knew that he was guilty, but he didn't care. It was in his character. Joab had convinced David to let Absalom come back. He did a good job. After all, we all in a sense, deserve mercy in some sense, some way, shape, point, or another. David said, okay, let him come back. So Absalom is now back into the kingdom. There's been some distance between he and his father. And so what happens is, is Absalom sits at the gate. He's, he's just no ordinary man. He is a deceitful, cunning liar. The dude is a liar. And so he sees people coming. And before they can get to the gates of the city of David, there is Absalom. And he calls out to those who are seeking the king for a judgment. 
These were not just ordinary citizens. These were people who were hurt. These are those that life had taken a bad turn on them. These are people whose hearts were broken. Their spirits were wounded. Somebody had hurt them. A friend had done wrong to them. Something had been stolen. There was a question that they had need of an answer for. These were people whose spirits were downtrodden. These were those who were seeking the face and the answer of a king. They had one direction in mind. There was one place that they knew they needed to go. And they were seeking the word of a king. They were seeking the presence of the one that had the authority in their life. They were seeking the one that they knew could step in at a moment's time and say, don't worry about your enemies. Don't worry about your problem. You've come to the right place. I've got an answer for you. Because not only am I the king but the anointing of God is upon me to speak it into your life but long before they could get to the presence of the one that held their answers they had to go past Absalom he said where are you from don't you know that nobody is sent from the king to hear you Don't you know the king's busy today? Don't you know that nobody's having their prayers answered today? He's busy. He can't heal you. He can't hear you. Don't you know that it's just an off weekend for him? He's resting. He's busy. And oh, if somebody were sent to help you. I'm here. What can I do? The Bible didn't also say that he ended it with his words of invitation. The Bible said he stretched forth his hand and he kissed them. He made them feel welcome. He made them feel appreciated. He made them feel loved. He made them feel accepted. He made them felt like they belong. He made them feel like he cared about them. And that that all things he could actually do what they needed him to do. But don't you know everyone that was deceived by Absalom went home empty? Because there was only one that had the authority to touch their heart. There was only one that had the authority to set rule in their life. Uh, The earth is the Lord's uh, and the fullness thereof. Uh, He doesn't just give his authority to any other jack. And I want you to know in the order of progression, in the natural order, unless you change the rules, a jack never trumps a king. I'll let him lie to you, but it's not up to him. Because even when Joab went to go kill Absalom, and he was pulling the men together, he said, this guy has done wrong. We got to get him. They said to Joab, we can't do this thing. It's grievous unto the king, and there is nothing that is done that is hid from him. You mean for all of these days, all of these years that Absalom has been working, deceiving and conniving to steal the hearts of Israel, David never sat in and said, son, you better get your stepping. You better bounce on out of here. You better get up and walk off. You better watch out because you're about to die. And I don't care if you're my son or not. I'm about to take your head. You need me. All of these days, all of these months, all of these years, Absalom's out there greeting people who had a need, greeting people who had a broken heart, who had a wounded spirit, and David never ran him off. No. Because you don't have to listen to the lie. 
No man comes to the Father lest the Spirit draw him. And if this fire is going to get you to keep you from giving your heart to God, that's not God's problem. That's your problem. Because you know that he's a liar. You know that he's a father of lies. You know that he just wants nothing else but to take your heart and put you in hell. You know that he doesn't want to help you. He don't want to heal you. He wants to steal you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to devour you. He wants to break you. He wants to haunt you. He wants you to feel less than. He wants you to feel that God's failed you. He wants you to feel that God can't heal you. He can't help you. He can't move in your life. He can't save your soul. He can't save your family. He can't deliver. The king said, they don't have to listen to that mess. They know they can come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give them rest. They know my authority. They know my power. They don't have to listen to the lie, but let him lie. The dude is a liar. So why do you go home empty? Why do you go home with the brokenness? Why do you still go home with the pain when the preacher preaches the word and he opens the door to the gate so that you can let the king of glory come in? Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty and mighty in battle. He is the king of kings and the Lord of all lords. His name is above every name. There is only one Lord. And there's one faith. And there's one baptism. There's only one God and Father of all. Who's above all, through all, and in you all. So why would you listen to a lion jack? I've had liars come in my life. And I'm just bold enough. I don't care if they're an authority or not. A liar's a liar. And the Bible said that all liars have their part in the lake of fire. It doesn't matter how small, it doesn't matter how big, a liar's a liar. It doesn't matter the title that's in front of their name or after their name, a liar's a liar. It doesn't matter if they do their business in the open or behind the doors of a secret day meeting. It doesn't matter. A liar is a liar. But I guarantee you one thing. God is not a liar. The Bible says in him is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The Bible tells us in numbers that he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. But I like it so much better when the word of God says this. He says as the rain falls and the snow comes from heaven and it returns not thither from where it comes from, but it accomplishes that for which it is sent. So shall my word be for it shall not return uh, unto me void uh, if I speak it uh, it shall be but we let the lie deceive us because it's made us feel like we're accepted in some way but I want you to get your invitation from somebody who's had an experience with the king you want to know why he asks, brethren, where are you from? Because it matters, your past experiences. Because there's just some people who know, you can't do squat for me. There are some people that had an experience when they were young. And there was a nine-foot giant standing in the midst of two different ba- in two different mountains. And there was a valley in between. And this young man named David, uh, who wasn't even king yet, runs out with a sling and a stone. And he put that giant on the ground uh, and held up the head. Uh, you see, there was an experience uh, when they had come against the Philistines again. Uh, and even David's castle was ransacked when he was not there. But when he got home, uh, he got on his horse uh, and he got his men. Uh, and they went after the things that were stolen. Uh, they ruined. 
any day when there was a time when their hearts were broken. But David brought back the Ark of the Covenant, which was gone from the kingdom. There was a day and a time when they watched him make sacrifices and dance before the Lord. They had an experience with the king, and they knew this dude could not do one thing for them. Has God ever touched your heart? Has God ever moved in your soul? Has God baptized you with His Spirit? Have you been baptized in His name? Have you been washed in the blood and your sins remission forever? Have you had an experience where God moved in your room? Where God moved in your family? Where God moved in your children? Where God moved in a hospital? Where God moved on a sickness? Where God moved on a broken heart and a weak mind? Has God ever taken anxiety or depression from you? Has He taken a drug addiction from you? You see, it matters. It matters the lies that you listen to. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20, I believe it says that the lake of fire was reserved for them and the devil whom he deceived. See, don't, don't, don't get hell all mixed up. Like Satan sitting there with the cattle prod and he's just sitting here poking everybody's ass. <laughs> I got you know, hell's reserved for him too. He's not the warden of hell. He's an inmate. But I guarantee you, while you're sitting, while people are in hell sitting there, ah, wailing and gnashing their teeth, he's saying, well, you shouldn't have listened to me. You knew I couldn't do that. I'm the one that got you addicted in the first place. I'm the one that pulled you out of that church because you got offended. I was the one that offended you. You didn't know it wasn't that brother. You didn't know he really wasn't thinking that when he looked at you that way. You really didn't. We will listen to a lie. You better watch out. Because you want a long journey back home with an unanswered prayer. And all you needed was to get to the king. All you needed was a moment. And all you had to do was to get behind me. The Bible says to submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist. It was the last time you came, you came needing, you came ready. And you didn't let anything stop you from worshiping. You didn't let anything stop you from getting to where you needed to go. You were ready to worship because you know he inhabits the praises of his people. You were like Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Nobody was going to shut you up. Nobody was going to keep you from getting what you need from God. Nobody was going to tell, be quiet. He's busy. Pastor White's in the middle of his message. I came needing. It's offensive you tell people to shut up. I understand that. But sometimes you just need to tell them, shut up. Let me get mine. I can't go home this way. I can't go home broken again. I can't afford another week like this. I can't get another night of no sleep. I can't go home with the same pain. I came needing an answer. I need a word from the king. I need a moment with the anointing. I need the king to step in and set judgment. I got a controversy. I got an answer need. I got a heart that's hungry. The dude's a liar. He tells you you're not going to get healed today. Bull. 
He can heal you today. He will heal you today. He will save you today. He will break that chain today. He will tear that yoke up today. He will do. Let it lie. But you know the moment that he says it can't, you know that it can. Because when he speaks, he speaks of his own self. Let him lie. And the moment you hear that lie, you start responding in faith because you know the moment he says, you know what? It's just not going to be a good service today. No way. Yes, it is. (laughs) You're not going to get healed today. Oh, yes, I am. How do you know? Yeah, because he told me it wasn't going to happen. So now I know it's going to happen. He does. He didn't even have his own thought. He didn't even have his own army. He had to pay dudes to like him. Oh, you are so pretty. But you are dumb. Because you want to know the one thing that he couldn't do? He couldn't cross that gate. Because doing that would wage war against the king's kingdom. And David had an army. David had a host. David had men over his host. And if a third of the demons in hell would fall with Satan, that means he's still outnumbered two to one. He, he can't be everywhere at once. He's not God. But he is, the Lord is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. The Lord created the heavens and the earth with his voice. The Lord's spirit is what heals you. Musicians, if you want to come. I pray that I could speak faith into somebody's life today. Speak hope into somebody's life today. Don't fall victim. You don't have to go home the same way that you came. You don't have to live with that bondage. It doesn't matter the, the, the lineage that's in your family and what kind of father or mother that you had, whether they are, they are alcoholics or drug addicts, or, or maybe it's, it's, it's something that's, that's gotten into your own mind and, and that you're having to fight the own uh, generational curses. And you, know what? you don't have to live with that junk. For you, the Son has set free is free indeed. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, Absalom, he had to embrace them with love because he couldn't put his hands on them and drag them out. You, you don't mess with the king's stuff that way. Satan does not force you to walk away. He only invites you and loves you to do it. Jesus was with his disciples. Everybody has an opinion. Some people's opinions just stink. I like that meme that you see so many times where Robin's saying something and Batman like slapping him saying, Stop it! You know, sometimes you just want to do that. I hate naysayers. I despise not only liars but doubt speakers. We live in a negative world already. I don't need negativity in my church. I don't need people raining in on my parade. If you need something from God, get it. For they that call upon the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. He said he is nigh them that have a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. He would not despise. What do you think he's going to do? Laugh at you? See, people paint this image of God in your life. Absalom's saying, you know what? He's busy. He's, he's not sent anybody. He's, there was a day and an age where, where, where David wasn't revenant among his people. He was older. But he was still king. And he was still anointed. He was still chosen. Absalom had nothing on the man. And if you needed him, all you had to do was get to him. If you needed an answer, all you had to do was get to him. If you needed help, all you had to do was get to him. If you had been wronged, all you had to do was get to him. If you needed help, all you had to do was get to him. If you just needed a friend, all you had to do was get to the king. About 15 years ago, I was preaching. And it just hits me. You know, Satan really doesn't care about how good or how bad you live. He really just cares about the last decision that you make. Because that one decision affects everything. Why do you think Job's wife was telling him, curse God and die? He said, should I receive good at the hand of the Lord only and not evil also? The rain falls on just and the unjust alike. We, 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 life is life. But the last thing that I say cannot be doubt against the one. He said, I know my Redeemer lives. He said, naked I came into this world. And naked I will return thither. The Lord gives and He takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is my King. On the good days, he's king. On the bad days, he's king. Against the lies of the enemy, he's king. The jack ain't no king. He's a liar. Let him lie. There's always things that are going to try to keep you from Jesus. Many times, it, was, it wasn't just the naysayers. Maybe there was just a lot of times there were just too many people around. The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew, there, there were four friends, and they had a friend who was lame on his feet. Jesus was in a house, and they couldn't even get close to him because of the press. The house was packed, and Jesus was just sitting there. And so these guys climbed up on the roof and tore the roof off to lower their friend. Somebody was going to have to pay for that roof. There was a lot of devastation. And yeah, it rained in on the surface. What are these dudes doing? They're getting to Jesus. Don't get in my way. Don't tell me I won't. Don't tell me I can't. Sometimes the biggest problem between you and Jesus is the people that you've got separating you. Your praise has nothing to do with you and them. Your praise has everything to do with you and Him. He's the one that died for you. The Bible said He bought the church with His blood. He came from glory. He manifested Himself in flesh. He... He was despised and rejected in a man. And we hid us for our faces from him. And we esteemed him not. He was wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes he was there. She didn't die for you. He didn't die for you. He did. 
Don't let them stop you. Don't let their looks mock you. You get what you came to get. Don't listen to the liar at the gates. You just march right on into where you need to be. And you get what you need to get. You came for a healing. Raise your hands in the name of Jesus. Receive it. You need the Holy Ghost. Lift up your hands. Open up your mouth and receive it. peace, you need joy, you need hope, you need you need a sound mind, why don't you stand up to your feet and you receive it, you need relief from your past, ask God to forgive you and receive it. As we stand to our feet. Was this okay? I didn't offend anybody, did I? I'm southern. I'm redneck. I have that tendency. But now it's not about the preacher. It's about your response. Are you going to listen to the liar? Are you going to let doubt be sowed into your spirit? Are you going to go home with the same worry that you stepped in here today? Are you going to go home asking the same questions? Or are you going to get face to face with the king? He's killed giants before. He's healed before. He has set free before. He's not done yet. As the praise team begins to sing, if you, if you come with a need in your life, I invite you to step out of your pew and lift up your hands. I invite you to come to this altar. I invite you to bring your heart. I invite you to bring your family. Bring your children. Bring your marriage. Bring your depression. Bring your pain. Bring your sickness. Bring your worry. Bring your fears. Don't be lied to. Has the Lord said it shall be? Give you. 